Well, friends, you get to hear a lot from me today. And so I want to hear from you and begin just with a little question for us. We've been talking about it already this morning, but as we have made it to 2022, <laughs> what is one word to describe how you are feeling about starting this year? What is one word to describe how you're feeling starting 2022? Put it in the chat. Love to hear from you all. What's a word to describe how we're feeling? Hopeful, says Tony. Hopeful, says Minu. Oh, I love all the hopeful people. I need you in my life. <laughs> Overwhelmed, dread, cautiously optimistic. Ooh, I like that. Holding those things in tension. Blessed, hungry. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, anticipatory, nervous. Yes, what else are we feeling? The beginning of this year, the beginning of 2022, what are we feeling, friends? Hopeful and hungry as well. Not ready apprehensive, hopeful, bah humbug, says Jane, <laughs> tired, yes, purgatory, purgatory, <laughs> um, different, oh, Phoebe, I'm curious about that, you feel different at the beginning of this new year, grateful, need a few more weeks, ready to fight the good fight, unsure, hesitant, happy, mess, David. I like the teens and preteens <laughs> words. <laughs> well, friends, this is, um, this is a good reminder as we see the broad range of emotions we're feeling in the beginning of 22. I would say for me, um, I see a little more met thankful we'll see <laughs> yes um for me i would say the dominant feeling that i've been feeling the last few days slash maybe not right now in the in this exact moment but just this last week i think that the general feeling i have had is a feeling of exhaustion and i don't know if it's just parenting um, a four and a half and two-year-old in a pandemic during the holidays while pastoring a church in the midst of a pandemic and a new wave and daycare closures uh plus like you know winter hibernation energies the seasonal things i don't know what it is but i've been pretty exhausted uh, and Michael knows this, but I've been taking a daily nap every night. Um, actually, I've been falling asleep during kids' bedtimes. I'm literally like reading books to Jarena, like dozing off. And sometimes I'll just like lay on the ground and fall asleep for a couple minutes and let her play while, you know, we're getting ready for bed. And sometimes she'll wander off to the other room where Michael and Amara are and they're like, where's Amma? And I'm like, just sleeping on the ground because I'm so tired. I can't keep my eyes open reading stories. Um, but I've been pretty exhausted and I've been taking a daily nap every day from about 7.30 to 8, you know, right after kids' bedtimes, I kind of take a little power nap, get up and then, you know, clean the house and do the, do some work and do all the things I need to do. Um, but I've been feel, feeling pretty exhausted. <laughs> 
uh, and life has been a lot and life has been a lot for all of us. And I appreciate just the range of emotions and the honesty that you have um, shared about what you're feeling. And it is quite a range. You know, many of us are feeling hopeful, optimistic, cautiously optimistic to feeling dread, uh, purgatory. I don't know what that, who said that or what they meant by that, but you know, there's quite a range of what we're feeling at the beginning of um, a new year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just going to keep things pretty short and simple today. I know some folks shared Jazzy shirt earlier, like we haven't had time. We're so tired. We haven't really had a lot of time for reflection. So I'm just going to share two quick thoughts at the beginning of 2022 from this passage. And then we'll actually try to spend um, a little bit of time in reflection communally, um, just making a little bit of space to reflect on both what we are remembering about 2021 and what we're kind of stepping into in a new year. And, um, you know, I wrote this sermon last night, as I do most sermons these days. So um, bear with me a little bit as I kind of lead us through. And, you know, we were in a series for Advent called Wild Birth. And we talked um, quite a bit about sort of the wild and surprising and disruptive and messy. Um, and sort of also communal and consent-filled story of the birth of Jesus. And um, we saw, you know, throughout Advent, how women were at the margin, uh, and women and people at the margins were really at the center of that birth story of Jesus and how really that birth story was wild and topsy-turvy. And last week um, for Christmas, Tied in um, the second day of Christmas, Michael preached about Anna and Simeon and sort of their courage and patience in, in drawing near to God and waiting for God in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of hardship for many, 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 many years. I'm waiting on God's salvation and celebrating when it did arrive. And this morning we um, continue sort of the Gospel of Luke narrative, which we've been in for our Advent and Christmas tide time. And um, we come to two very simple verses at the end of the birth story of Jesus. And it sort of marks a transition from that wild birth story into sort of um, the life and ministry of Jesus. But the verses say, when Mary and Joseph had completed everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to their hometown, Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew up. The child grew up and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. And so I was struck by two things from these couple verses that I just wanted to share today, more just as a reflection as we enter this new year. And the first is this image of Jesus, uh, the infant Jesus growing up. Jesus had to grow up. And we already know that the incarnation is really wild. We've been talking about that, the, this mystery of God coming into the world as a baby, <laughs> the infinite God becoming finite, the divine becoming human, word becoming flesh, the maker of the heavens finding a home on earth. We've talked about the mystery and paradox of these um, realities of incarnation, but 
Another reality of incarnation that struck me from these two verses is that Jesus had to grow up. And that means that the God of the universe in Jesus Christ of Nazareth knows what it means to grow, to mature, to evolve, to change even. And I imagine baby Jesus, <laughs> thinking about baby Jesus, uh, all the things that Jesus had to learn and to grow into in so many ways, right? Learning how to latch onto his mama and get that milk and nurse, learning how to eat solid food, learning how to crawl, learning how to walk, learning how to run, learning how to talk, learning how to regulate his emotions, perhaps. <laughs> There's so many things that Jesus, as fully human, as born a baby, um, had to grow up into. Um, and this image was actually kind of comforting for me. And it's something that I think many of us don't think about. I think in the church, we tend to really focus on the divinity of Jesus. And we kind of, uh, we kind of like to just imagine, you know, we see the pictures of like baby Jesus in the hay, all glowing, usually white, you know, like uh, angels surrounding. And then we're like, boom, like, Jesus is a grown man, right? Like, and we kind of forget about all the in-between, all the ways that Jesus had to grow and to mature and to become strong, to evolve and to change and to learn even. Um, and I'm reminded that even, even Jesus didn't get to skip growth. Friends, Jesus didn't get to skip growth, even Jesus. Um, and so he didn't just go from this crying, naked, dependent baby to 33-year-old ready to teach and preach and die on a cross, right? And so Jesus had to actually live through development. And Jesus didn't get to rush past his own growth. And friends, I think this is good news for us. It's good news for me. I am a very results-oriented person, productivity-driven person. Um, I, I'm not a person who likes to be patient or I don't like process. I just want to like get to the destination and be done, right? Um, but this is good news for us. It's good news for us because in the midst of us thinking about all the places we want to be and the things we want to do and the things we want to be done with, many of us maybe probably want to be done with this pandemic. We want to be over it by now. We just want to get to the end of, of the story, right? And yet even Jesus had to go through. He had to go through it. He had to live it. He had to go through and he had to grow and learn and mature and evolve. And the divine expresses solidarity with us by inhabiting the ordinary, by sharing in the process of maturing and evolving alongside of us. And this is good news because we don't have to be afraid of growth. We don't have to try to rush through it. We can know that God who is Emmanuel is with us in the midst of our own growing process. So if you're at the start of a new year and wanting to grow and wanting to change and wanting to set resolutions and wanting to do all these things, just want to say, you know what? You might need to go through it. <laughs> you might need to make some time and space to be in the process and to grow just as Jesus did. And it's okay if it takes some time. 
And the other thing that um, struck me from this passage is this phrase, they returned to their hometown, Nazareth of Galilee. They returned to their hometown. And just as I thought about Jesus growing up and all the things he had to learn, I thought about who he grew up with. He grew up alongside people in a hometown, in a neighborhood, among a community of people who knew him, who watched him, who maybe saw him take his first steps, who maybe um, saw him learn to read and to talk, who had to watch Jesus go through puberty. <laughs> that sounds so strange, right? I'm like, what was that like, right? We don't think about these things. We often just rush and, and Jesus is a baby and then Jesus is just a grown man. And it's like, no, Jesus had to go through these things. And there were people who witnessed this growth. There were people who shared in and celebrated this growth who walked alongside of him, who were there with him. Because Jesus didn't just live in some cave as a hermit. He didn't live in a vacuum. He grew up in a hometown. He was part of a family. He lived among neighbors. And as God's favor was poured out on Jesus, I, I wonder if partially that favor was poured out on Jesus through the people who loved him and watched him grow up who bore witness to his development and maturing and, and, and experiencing God's favor in that way. And so friends, even for us, this is good news as well, because wherever we're at in life, whatever stage we're in, place we're in, growth we're experiencing, whether that's finishing up college or going to grad school or having babies or having grandkids, you know, whatever stage of life we're in, we don't grow in isolation. We're all invited to have a village just like Jesus did. And I wonder who the people are in our lives that will invite to see us grow up, to walk alongside of us in our grief, to celebrate with us in our joys, to see us through major life transitions, to discern with us in big decisions. Who's gonna make space for us when our faith is evolving and changing? Who's going to celebrate us when we're more fully inhabiting our God-given identities? We get to grow up in a village just as Jesus did. And Jesus reminds us that we are made in the image of a triune God who models community, who models interdependence. I am because you are. And so friends, this morning, as we draw to the end of Christmas tide, as we enter into a new year, just wanna remind us of these two simple truths. That Jesus grew up, Jesus took time to mature and grow, and so can we. And that Jesus grew up in a village among community who bore witness to him. And we get invited to do the same, to grow up alongside of people who might see us falter sometimes, struggle and flail, but also celebrate us, be with us in all the ups and downs of life. And so I wanna make a little bit of space for us to reflect on our own growth um, and kind of our own village, just based on these two verses. I've just named a few, few, three areas of reflection for us. So if you want, and if you're like a reflective type who likes to write things down, we're gonna spend just like the next 10 minutes in reflection. You can grab a journal if you want. 
um, or you can, if you like to write things on your phone or whatever you might want to do, feel free to just grab something that might help you process. 